The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Loaded up, we'll spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. What's the latest on the coaching world turning search? What's Mitch know? What could he share? We'll talk with him in about 15 minutes or so in hour two. Barry Alvarez, former Husker, longtime Wisconsin athletic director, and of course, head coach will be with us. And then Travis Vokalek around 540. Numbers to get in, 466 can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal is uh, rocking the gray sweatshirt at Herbal Essence. Can watch the show a couple, three ways here uh, on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle as well at HVarsity Radio. Some emails to get to. What way's the wind blowing today, Elijah? Who's the magic name today? Do you have one? Is it still rule? Have you moved on? Is it back to Mickey? We're just going to spin the wheel. We got to get a wheel behind you. And kind of like the price is right, we'll turn and we'll let it fly. And we'll figure out who we talk about today. Well, there's a couple options. You could go anywhere from. Well, I mean, you can continue with Rule. That's one way. As Will Compton tweeted out today that he's confident that Matt Rule's having conversations with Nebraska. So it, you, we could go a second day of Rule. Kiffin's another name that's been out there today. <laughs> a uh, second day of Rule. <laughs> Kiffin, dare I say, Leopold. I don't even know where to go with it. There's so many different options. Here, here's what I'm wondering. I'll give you my take. You uh, give me your take. We'll take the phone calls and the emails and the uh, the interaction here on StreamYard as well. What camp are you in? Are you in the camp that Trev has his guy? Or Trev's still waiting on an answer? What do you believe? Does Trev have his guy? Or is Trev waiting on an answer? Here's what I think. There's been boatloads of due diligence. I'm sure there's an offer extended. And there's probably an alternative plan. You hope. <laughs> and, and then you still got Mickey. I think right now, by Iowa week, you'll have... 
some sort of announcement. That could be Mickey. That could be Matt Rule. That could be somebody that's off the board. Uh, email from Nate to start us out. And I got I have a, a text group I'm a part of, guys that I went to high school with that are all over the country and love them. But they're like, well, do you know Matt Rule's 0-11 again? Yes, we, we've heard it for a month. His, his top 25 record's not awesome. Nathan, who emails in, has had enough about poking holes in the Matt Rule record. Guys, I've been listening and listening. I've had enough of fans saying a coach shouldn't be hired because of his record against top 25 teams. It's very simple. Just win the games you're supposed to win. Start beating Minnesota when they're not ranked. Or maybe if they are ranked, start beating Purdue. Start beating Illinois. Hell, beat Georgia Southern. Win those games. Those games get you to a bowl game. That's extra practice. That's more development time. Then you can start building against the top 25. I don't feel like we can be choosy. Again, email from Nate. We have to, as fans, stop thinking small picture. We have to rebuild. And if, quote, fans can't see that, then they're not watching. Well, I mean, more well, from more from Matt real or from uh, from Nathan real quick. Get a permanent coach, Rule, Stoops, Leipold, keep Mickey, keep Bush, keep Applewhite, Bill. Get the wins that Nebraska's, air quote, supposed to get, then build up from there. Sorry about the rant. God love you, Nate. Thanks for the email. Because that's where you're at, man. You're working on another three-win season. Perception ain't reality. Perception is you're a blue blood program. Reality, no way. You're probably not in the top 100 right now. You sure as heck aren't with your depth. You're sure as heck not with your development. And you're not with your back to the depth part. You're screwed. You're absolutely screwed having to play your backup quarterbacks. You're not supposed to win all of the games with your backup quarterback, but you are a far, far cry from being even competitive offensively. And that's what you're dealing with here Saturday. Such a big uh, Casey factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Casey's huge, but it, really fast. We're only four minutes into the show, and it already seems – excuse me, six minutes into the show, and it seems like we have spun – Second day of rule on our, on our wheel behind me here, so uh, maybe that's where we'll go here. Now, I want to hop into that, that top 25 conversation because I think it needs to be taken into context. I think if there's one way you can look at it and the way I look at it is the fact that, looked at in context, he didn't have all that many opportunities against top 25 with the teams that he had built. So I'm not talking first year on the job. First year on the job at Baylor was bad. First year on the job at Temple was bad. That's a point I can't argue one bit. Those teams were bad his first year at Temple and at Baylor. But then at Temple, I think he was 2-4 and four against top 25 opposition. Didn't get that much of a chance, but he did beat a Penn State team in Happy Valley that was in the others receiving votes category at the time. That's a they huge finished win. ranked. They finished ranked, and at the time he beat them, they were in others receiving votes, if, if I remember that correctly off the top of my head. That was a good Penn State team. He went to Happy Valley and beat. At Baylor, look at the era of the Big 12 that he was in whenever he was down there. Your only team that you could consistently count on being in the top 25 at that time was Oklahoma. Baylor was the only other team that was really in the top 25. He didn't have that many opportunities. And you look at Texas was down. TCU was kind of fluctuating. This is when TCU was starting to bottom out with Patterson, mm-hmm, sure. when it was time for a change with Patterson. So look at that in context. I think that 11-1 in one year, 
um, at Baylor, he had two games against top 25 opposition. I think both of them were against Oklahoma. I think it was Oklahoma in the regular season and Oklahoma again in the conference mm-hmm. title game. I believe. I could be incorrect there, but if I remember correctly off the top of my head, that's what it was. So look at this in context and the fact that, you know what, he only got three years there. That's a bigger issue I think you can talk about is Matt Rule's job-hopping nature, that he does jump around to whatever next big opportunity there is. That's one thing you can look at, but simply put, I don't think three years is a big enough sample size to judge a guy in his record against top 25 because the build wasn't complete yet. No, it was handed off. Here's, here's the other thing. Is is and this is hard to uh, to decipher. And I know I've said when he took over Baylor, he only had forty five scholarship guys, horrible situation. But I think you still were not void of talent. You just had a horrible off the field situation that was a, a, a monstrous cloud. And you had talent that was probably Temple, a year away with development. Temple, he you know he followed. Uh, shoot, the guy was at Miami. Help me. <laughs> I just had it. Uh, uh, he was here in 2014 with, with the Hurricanes. He left Temple for the Miami gig. Wore a tie, dress shirt. Tie, dress shirt. Uh, oh, uh, Al Golden? Yes. Al Golden. Al, Al, Al Golden was at Temple, and they were winning nine ball games. Then there was a little bit of a drop-off. I mean, Adazio followed, and then he followed Adazio. Adazio's down at A&M. So I'm not saying the guy can't coach or build or develop or recruit. I'm just saying he followed some good situations. But overall, he left programs in good spots. Here's the 1,000% the question about Matt Rule. What do you want to do? What's your urgency like? What's your urgency like if you're Matt Rule and you're making eight or nine million dollars a year for Carolina, from Carolina? You're getting to spend time with your wife and kids for the first time in God knows how long. Could be good, could be bad, don't know your family. Okay. And do you want to do this? Do you want to take a year off? Do you want to jump into TV? Try something new? Do you really want the Penn State job that's not open because you were a linebacker there? I mean, you can take a year off and see what shakes out. And do you need to be talked into Nebraska? Are, are you wild if you're if you're climbing to leave a spot? Let's just throw names. Let's just go through the names. Let's go through the names. Climbing at K State, guys that sound really good, and you'd love to have at Nebraska as an option you're best friends with your AD and you're doing well. You, if you don't screw up, you're going to be playing for a Big 12 title. Kansas, you're at a basketball school that will never probably pay you more than the basketball coach. You can still get a nice chunk of change. You can still win down there, and you can still be appreciated down there. But, okay, you, you just had to buy the student section seats so they show up against Texas. No skin off your back. You're 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 making good money, but th- that's the point. Is the you've had a great season. You're going bowling for the first time. You've ripped goalposts down two two weeks ago, and and the Leopolds are treating the KU students to football versus Texas hmm. because you may not show up because it's going to be cold. You want them to show up. You better have uh, have a couple shots as they walk in, warm them up a little bit. 
But is that something? What's your urgency to leave a place you just got to? You've only been uh, with these kids you recruited for two years. And to add to that, could you be patient and maybe you want to leave, but you'll wait for a better opportunity. Similar to what we said with Mickey yesterday. Will you wait for a better opportunity than Nebraska, a place that's closer than three and nine? You know, their, their coach left, went off and took a bigger job, and now they're in the market. Are, are you waiting for that, uh, an opportunity that is not a full rebuild? Because you've gone th- through the full rebuild. There's easier KU. jobs. There's easier jobs in rebuilds if you want to take that step up, especially with, as you've laid out, the job security at Kansas. Well, and what I say about easier jobs from a recruiting standpoint, I'm not saying you can't do it. Mickey nailed it, and we're gonna we're gonna hear from Mickey. And Mickey did an awesome job today, just reminding everybody his value. Okay, Mickey gets Nebraska. Mickey gets recruiting. Mickey gets the Big Ten, and he's been here for less than a year. He gets what you need, and he laid that out for you. Now, and, and Mickey, of all these candidates, Bill O'Brien, does he hang out with Saban another year? Does he take Georgia Tech? He has options. NFL. NFL. Well, I don't know if, if it's, it might be too soon for him. But listen, uh, how you know Auburn looms, right, for, from some of the other coaches. Do you go to, to Wake Forest? Do you go to NC State? Do you go to Arkansas for guys that, all right, maybe the fan base is getting restless for whatever reason, or maybe the, the, the coach themselves. I go, I go back to urgency, and the guy who has the most notable urgency that you've been able to see the last seven games has been Mickey Joseph. It's probably killing him to see his program like this. He knows how to fix it. He knows what to fix. He wants the job. And, and right now, it's maybe it's his, maybe it's not, maybe it's to be determined because an offer's out there to somebody you're going to have to talk into coming here. And money and happiness and what you built and recruiting vicinity and what you got rolling and appreciation and expectations, they're all part of the conversation. And facilities are huge and NIL's huge and fan support's big. You got to be able to recruit and develop in-state here. Go recruit Colorado, go get the Dakotas, go get Missouri, do Kansas, all of that. And it's not as easy anymore, right? Texas, go hammer Texas. Not as easy anymore because you're not playing down there. Can't go down to Kansas because, well, Venables would go rip probably the top three players in Kansas to Clemson, and now he's going to get him at Oklahoma. But can I make a point, though, about these guys from far-off places, California and Texas and all these places? There's a great leveling factor now with NIL. You're, sure. you're able to, you know what, you're a, a four- or five-star guy from down there, you get your NIL money, you can fly your family, your friends, whoever, to Lincoln, to wherever you're playing, whenever you want to with that NIL money. The NIL is a bit of a leveling factor there, because that was always the argument. Well, your family's not going to get to watch you play if you're from Texas and you're going off to Nebraska. That's not really the case anymore. If you make enough money in NIL, if you're good enough, you're going to be able to fly your family wherever you want to fly them for these games. Mitch emails in, hey, heard something come up with a theory that Trev is telling each booster a different coach that NU is going to hire, and he's going to see which one leaks it. <laughs> I like that idea more then with you, the... Then you get put in booster timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but like with the regents, I think that'd be funny. See which regents are out there talking. Because with the boosters, if they're talking, what can you do? You're still using their money. Uh huh. You are. 
Well, yeah, no, I know. No, we'll, we'll dive into to Matt Rule and, and coaching search uh, 2022 as it continues. Great stuff from Mickey Joseph today on, on recruiting. I love the part, and you'll hear from him on how you're going to have to recruit Nebraska, California. And the fact he's like, dude, we, we, if we're going to California for a draft pick. We're not going to California for the sixth or seventh best player. And he's right. You got to nail it. And think of the think of the the California kids Nebraska did well with. They were NFL guys or CFL guys or great college players, all Americans. So who knows? Who knows? We thought we knew yesterday, but who knows what's up with the coaching search? Mitch Sherman's next on Hale Varsity. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. A little less than 40 minutes away, Barry Alvarez will join us. We welcome in Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how we doing? Doing well. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. I am all right. I'm, I'm ready to see some football Saturday. Uh, ready to see uh, how healthy uh, Casey Thompson is. Oh, I thought you were talking about like Michigan, Illinois. Well, that <laughs> wow, <laughs> that could work ready, too. That could that's just going to be demolition derby. Football dirty. in Lincoln. All right, thank you. Yeah, no, I know. We'll 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 gut out, man. It's the the final hurrah for twenty twenty two at least in in Lincoln. Well, uh, you could say Iowa and Minnesota, but with a total yeah. set at thirty one, I'm not sure you can really call that football. It's, or maybe that's the ultimate form of football. Sure, right? I mean, it's just in blood. November in the Big Ten West. That's football, man. It is. You got to roll your sleeves up and not be afraid of a wind chill. Mitch, enlighten me and uh, our listeners, my friend. What do you believe right now with this coaching search? Boy, that's a loaded question. It changes <laughs> by the hour. I know. I believe. I believe that there's going to be a coach in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> let's see. I believe that I want to hear what Trev Alberts has to say when he talks tomorrow night for the first time in over a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's getting close to making a move on a candidate, maybe a, maybe in position to make a move on a number of candidates. Uh, not a whole lot changed since my story posted today. I encourage people to read that on The Athletic. And that was kind of just a roundup of where things are at. A lot of, a lot of talk this week about Matt Rule. Um, so I covered that quite a bit. You know, he is, seems to be the leading name, but I wouldn't put the odds on him being the next coach at even even 50% if I'm handicapping this thing. Um, I think there's there's a ways to go um, to get to that to get to that point where where he is is would be comfortable with this mm-hmm. so uh, he's going to do his thing he's uh, you know not in a rush not in a hurry to necessarily take a job even 
this offseason because of the money that he's owed. He's in a unique situation mm-hmm. because of the money that he's owed by the Carolina Panthers, in excess of $40 million over the next four seasons. And he gets that, at least here in this first year, without any kind of trouble, whether he's coaching in 2023 or not. He does have to. There's a mitigation clause that requires him to seek work um, as a coach. So he's going to have to do that eventually. He won't collect the $40 million, uh, the entirety of it, from, from Carolina. But um, here in this offseason, um, he, could, he could certainly do some TV. Um, he could continue to look for a job and, and determine that there's not one out there for him. Or he could, he could come around and determine that, that uh, Nebraska is one that he wants. And I think Nebraska would be um, open to that if they can reach an agreement. And, and, and he's certainly not the only name. Uh, there are number of others I wouldn't overlook Lance Leipold um, as, a, as a remaining candidate. He was a candidate on day one, and I think he's still a candidate today. So um, it'll come more into focus, I think. It's starting to get that direction, and it'll come more into focus here over the next three to five days, I would say. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Uh, read his story, his coaching search roundup. It's tremendous work, Mitch. And you laid out some of the maybe the pauses for for a guy like Matt Rule, if if he's debating whether or not to get back in it. Let's walk down the path of just speculating on Lance Leipold. What what do you think some of his what do you think would be a hesitation or two for a guy like Leipold, like Kleiman? Uh, we, we we kind of played this game last segment like. Uh, Aranda, like, I mean, go down the list. I mean, we've seen 48 names. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all going to have their own specific situations, and I wouldn't group them together because they coach in the same conference or right. because they, um, because they, uh, you know, have been connected to this job or they're similar in age mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, I would if you want to start with, with Leipold, because I think of those three, mm-hmm. he's the one that, he's the one that um, is most likely to be involved at this point. And I don't think there's a whole lot of hesitation there. Um, mm-hmm. He's in a job right now at Kansas where if he wins six games or five games in a season, you know, he's hailed as, as um, a huge winner. Mm-hmm. And that's the case this season with the Jayhawks sitting at six wins and bowl eligible. This is a banner season for Kansas. And the expectations will rise, but they won't rise to the level that they would in Nebraska um, in, in nearly as short of a time. So he's in a good spot. It's not the kind of pressure that um, you'll face in Lincoln on day one. Um, but there are plenty of reasons that Nebraska is attractive. That big giant building that's under construction is one of them. Nebraska's ability to recruit, um, the money that's available in the Big Ten, you know, all of these things are positives. His connection to the state of Nebraska, history coaching um, in in Lincoln and in Omaha. Um, I think his his feelings for the University of Nebraska. Um, you know, he would be Lance Leipold would be a guy that Mickey Joseph um, would would work for. Um, I don't think that everyone on the on the list for the for Nebraska is necessarily you can necessarily say that about that, that he would at least or at least that he would that Joseph would be as excited about working for as ready to work for um, as Leipold. But I think the two of them would would make a match. Um, 
based on conversations that I've had. So that's a plus for Nebraska. It's a plus for uh, for Lance. Um, I do think that there, uh, you may see some some traction there. I think that one is maybe more realistic than Rule because the parties could come together. There there wouldn't need to be the same kind of recruiting process from Nebraska to the um, to the candidate. But as of now, um, you know, I I don't believe that they're you know sitting down and hashing things out. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not to that point. Um, you can try to dissect and determine why that might be and uh you know then you get into some into some real speculation so again i'd I'd say be patient and um it probably won't be much longer before we have clarity um you know that's lance's situation when it comes to climbing and aranda you know i don't feel i don't feel good about either one of those guys um being the being the choice um Climate, I think, is is very happy where he's at, working for Gene Taylor at at Kansas State, and um, I think he's at a point in his career where he wants to stay there, and he knows he can win, and he's competing for a Big 12 championship this year. Um, Aranda is a guy who is going to be coveted by schools that have openings in any conference. Um, he can be picky, much like Matt Rule can be picky, and um, you know, I do think that there has been some interest, but um, as of right now, and these things tend to change by the hour, it's, <laughs> it doesn't appear to be at a place where anything's imminent with him. Mitch Sherman's with us here. Check out his new story on The Athletic about the Husker coaching search. That's what we're talking here. And Mitch, what's your read on, on Trev going after a, a sitting college football head coach right now? It's a, it's a fine line you have to walk as an AD where you need to go figure out what a guy's interest level is, but you also don't want to step on any toes and bother a guy while he's in the midst of a, of a mm-hmm. season that's ongoing. So what's your read there? Is is Trev, I don't want to say kicking the tires there because I can assume that he is, but what what is mm-hmm. his process there for, for reaching out and talking to, to sitting head coaches. Is that something he has done already, or what's going on behind the scenes from what you can get a read on? Yeah, early in the process, you know, you, you tiptoe around that kind of stuff, and there's not a lot of conversations that happen in some way. It depends on the head coach again, um, but with certainly with some head coaches there, there are they just won't have conversations about um, the offseason ahead. They won't have conversations about job moves when they're in the midst of, of coaching a, a season, but that's September and October talk. It's November 15th, and we're at a point where all coaches, whether they admit it or not, if they have designs on moving, are starting to think about that and have conversations. And they don't necessarily need to have direct talk with the AD. Um, I think we're very close to a point, if not at a point, where those things do happen, even for the coaches who say that they don't. Um, but up, up until now or up until very recently, they go through agents. Um, they go through inter- intermediaries. Um, you know, there, there isn't a lot of opportunity to meet face-to-face um, just for confidentiality purposes and, and job security. And, and, and really it's in the best interest of both parties to not do much of that when you're talking about a sitting head coach. That's why you use a search firm because they can help out with those things. And, and you know, the search firm CSA that Nebraska is using is – by no means uh, in charge of identifying who the, the top choices are for Trev Alberts. That's, that's his determination, along with Ted Carter and you know, others who are in, in directly involved in this thing. 
but um, you know they definitely CSA definitely helps um, with what you're talking about there, Elijah. Just the uh, the, the the kind of um, difficulty that 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 difficulties that exist when you're talking with a um, a sitting head coach, and really that's where you know there are some candidates this year. We've talked about Rule. Um, you know there are other names that have been involved in this thing or, or have been mentioned in this thing. That that are where you're talking about guys who are not currently head coaches um, or even coaching in college, but uh, most of the of the the talent pool, um, most of the potential candidates are in that position where they are coaching teams, and there's not going to be any kind of an announcement made on any of those guys until their their regular seasons are over. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Tremendous work here with the coaching search and. Of course, uh, Nebraska coverage. Mitch, about 30 seconds. What else is happening with you and in, in the athletic, bud? Continue to uh, follow this story. And I will have something on Bill Bush that I think people are going to want to read and um, his journey in, in coaching and in life and in getting to this place at Nebraska, which is, you know, it's, bitter, it's a bittersweet moment for, for Bill and Laura, um, his wife, uh, to be here and, and be in this defensive coordinator position at the school that – He's always had great passion for, and that she's had great passion for. Um, you know, they they were married in, in 2019, um, and uh, you know have have found this place, and and here we are um, at the end of this season, and and you know the future is is murky um, as far as as his coaching um, goes, but certainly not has 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 never been in a better place with uh, you know where he's at in his life. So, you know, people are going to want to read that. Um, Hopefully, if uh, you know, there's not a hire made in the next 48 hours, it'll be up on our site by Friday. That'll be good. Well, Bush has done a great job. Mitch, awesome work. Thanks for the time and the insight, as always. Okay, thanks a lot. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us. Good stuff from Mitch. Hail Varsity continues. We are presented by your friends at Currency. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Really appreciate Mitch Sherman, his candor, and uh, follow-up here with the Nebraska coaching search. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. You can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, also uh, chime in on the stream yard. Uh, Matt uh, has chimed in. Uh, Brennan is not deer hunting today. He likes the beanie. It's a good stocking cap. Uh, Matt's wondering if anyone's locked down. What about the Stoops rumor? Stoops is another name that you'd be happy to get. But right now, man, it, it's it's a long race, isn't it, where... You've got a different name, a different flavor, a different uh, feel each week because it's just keeps spinning here. The carousel is is on full throttle. And the way Mitch laid out, I just wondered with Leopold, I know his history at Wisconsin. I know his history with Coach Solich. I know his history as a GA at Nebraska at UNO. He's awesome. And we've talked a lot about Lance as a go get him. Absolutely go get him. I I was unsure where does Mickey and, and some of the assistant coaches that, that you think need to stay, and I think we're all in agreement with with some of the staff that have done a hell of a good job, 
that keep him, right? But if Leopold is the way Mitch kind of laid that out there with some of his contacts and sources, that that's that that is good. And Leopold is good at the lines of scrimmage, really creative offense, and is one everywhere. And he's been tutored by some of the best. We'll talk to Coach Alvarez, Barry Alvarez here. 20 minutes, get his take on Lance, because Lance worked for him, as well as Coach Solich. So, get me a developer, and and Matt Rule's a line of scrimmage guy. Uh, you have Leipold that's a line of scrimmage guy. Kleiman's a line of scrimmage guy. That is, uh, that's what you need. You need talent and skill, yes. Mickey can go grab you that. You need line to scrimmage play that is going to be able to stand up, stand up and uh, be a uh, be absolutely stout in November. November's murder. Okay? That's what it is. It's a death march. It's a death march for Wisconsin. It's a death march for Minnesota. It's a death march for Iowa. It's a death march for Nebraska. And the the stat you saw this week is how Ference is unbeaten in November. He's like won 11 or 12 straight games in November. That's three straight years. That's crazy. And the round robin you play before the West Division goes away is not faint for the heart. Because you're beat up, you need depth, and you got to figure it out. Kevin emails in from the great state of Texas. I like Kleiman. Is he gettable? I'd rule out uh, Matt. Well done, Kevin. You heard what Mitch had to say and uh, on, on Kleiman. And I think that, that, that relationship's pretty impressive. So, Tom Chattel... Had a chance uh, with the World Herald. Just to, we love having Tom on from time to time. He uh, had a chance to to run Mickey down off to the side, and and ask some questions here uh, about uh, you know how things are going, where things are at, and listen, uh, it's Mickey talking here saying, I'd, I'd love to stay. Again, this is just off to the side uh, with Tom Chattel and was asked some questions here. And uh, Mickey was asked if, if he's had a chance to, to sit down and, and talk with Trev about the job that's open. And Mickey's like, look, I haven't had an interview about the permanent coaching job. And he said, uh, as of uh, Monday, he hasn't talked to, to Trev about the role. But Mickey is open to staying on staff should another coach get the permanent job. Quoting Mickey from Tom's story, I would sit down and talk with the family, talk to Trev and talk to the head coach and find out what my role would be, but I would love to stay. And that's that's selfless. That's a great attitude. But it's also understanding what you love doing and what you're great at. And Mickey's such a big-time motivator. Let's hear a little bit here from Mickey Joseph uh, today, and we'll get to some of the, the nuts and bolts of what's been ongoing. But this is Mickey and specifically uh, a blueprint here. Let's go with 11 on that recruiting footprint because you've got to you gotta nail it, you got to develop it, and you got to evaluate the right guys to get him in here so you're not so depleted depth-wise come November. Well, you're going to have to go to Cali. You're going to have to go to Cali, but I don't think it makes sense to go to Cali and go get a six or seven. 
You know, I don't think you, you go out there to go to get it six or seven best player because you got USC out there, you got UCLA out there, you got Washington out there. You got to understand kids from the West Coast, they, they tend to stay close to home because one thing Lincoln's not going to be is California, never. You know, we say the same thing when I was at LSU. We didn't go out there a lot because California kids, they kind of want that place to be Cali, and it's not. So we're going to continue to go where we've been going, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, you know, Jersey, and um, Kansas City, St. Louis, you know, and then here in the home state. So we're going to go out there, but we're not going to go out there and, and, and just – Say, okay, we satisfied. We're going to go out there. We're going out there to get, we're going out there to get a draft pick. That's so good. He was asked about what, it, what changes need to happen once USC, UCLA come in. But yeah, Nebraska went out and did well in California. Brandon Stye, Steve Taylor, Lawrence Phillips, Ralph Brown, Vince Ferragamo. I mean, go down, go down the list of, of California talent you went and got. It's got to be the right California. It's got to be a tough. It'll be a tough California. Uh, speaking of tough, gritty, uh, very key. And more from Mickey here on finding gritty football players to live in the Big Ten. You got to find them when you're recruiting them. I, I know somebody said that I offered a quarterback with, with no, no stars or some FCS offers. And if, if I would have listened to that person about Justin Jefferson, I would have never got Justin Jefferson because he was a 2,100 player ranked in the country when he came out. So we're going to go by evaluation. So when we're evaluating the kid, we're looking for that grit. We're looking for that finish on every play. So you got to look at it before you bring him here. So true. There's obvious and then there's development and developmental. And can you see something in a dude where he can max out his potential, can he carry weight, can he move, can he be athletic, can he be tough, and can he fit in what you want to do? I mean, let's, case in point, guess who uh, the number one guy on the board was for Notre Dame and Florida State? You got a guess for 1993? It's Randy, Randy Moss. The whole world could see that. Two schools ended up getting him. Florida State, Notre Dame, then, then Florida State, and then eventually Marshall. But that's obvious. <laughs> uh, some other guys that aren't so obvious develop into greatness. And that's, what's, well, that's what Mickey's talking about. Do you get the right evaluators in here? Mickey's a good evaluator. Bill Bush, incredible evaluator. Both guys are on their own level got to keep that here whether they're whether mickey's promoted or not we'll wind down this first hour and uh, spend some time with barry alvarez hail varsity continues we're presented by currency and now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time this uh, first hour it's hail varsity we're presented by currency for all your equipment Financing needs go currency. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Wisconsin, Nebraska. 
And uh, you've got a tricky quarterback situation at Wisconsin. You got a banged up running back. You got an offensive line that's been inconsistent. And you got a Nebraska defense that, Elijah, how punch drunk are those poor kids? Well, they're still battling, so. No, I mean, but I'm saying now you're on week three of four. <laughs> Where you, you've, you've hung in and you've hung in and you've hung in. But by the fourth quarter, you're hosed. Give up 101 plays, or you're on the field for 101 plays against Purdue. It was a battering ram, sledgehammer time against Illinois. Things were similar uh, last week. Uh, you had the game against Minnesota, and then it was, uh, it was all sorts of Michigan in their own line doing things who's with us we got pete on the line pete go ahead thanks for calling how are you doing today we're hanging in how about you oh not too bad kind of cold <laughs> just a touch man <laughs> <laughs> i want to bring up maybe a, a pretty good example you know i'm not an iowa fan but i will give them credit their defensive coordinator really seems to find talent uh they never get the high recruits but they develop them and uh they work together as a defense, and, and year in and year out, they produce some pretty dang good linebackers, defensive backs, and linemen. Um, we kind of need that for an example here, I think, when we talk about building. No, you got to see something in a player and, and project, right? And, Pete, Iowa's one of their quarterbacks, corner backs, is a kid that was – an option quarterback and a safety and just a freak athlete, six one, basketball player, I mean multi sport guy and and he's been thriving and striving. I don't know the kid's name, but I was talking to Riley Moss, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. My my buddy uh Iowa Russ is like, Yeah, dude, Moss was at some small town no one offered. Mm-hmm. Uh Josie Jewell at some small town nobody offered. Just a couple of examples. Uh, of Iowa. I know it in Iowa week, but your point's well taken, Pete, that Iowa's done that. Nebraska used to do that, and they need to, to do it again. Well, uh, think about even more recently, Amir Abdullah was a guy that nobody wanted as a running back except Nebraska. Nope. What does Nebraska do? They turn him into a Heisman candidate in draft pick. He was awesome. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you tuning in. And that was that was really good of the, the, the Bo era. They, they looked at some kids and found them, and okay, Taylor Martinez is an athlete. Did really well on the scout team catching passes. <laughs> Let's put him at quarterback. Let's put Amir at running back. Right? Kenny Bell was a guy that was fast, and was he tough enough to play in the Big 12? I guess the Wisconsin defender. That 10-year anniversary is coming up. The other highlight of that game, aside from Taylor's run. Jamal Turner was a quarterback. Uh-huh. Eric Martin was a, a weirdly sized linebacker special teamer guy. They moved to defensive end, and he was great. Mm-hmm. You just had to get creative. Barry Alvarez next. Hail Varsity Hour 2 on the way. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe 
and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer, great athletic director at Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez with this is Nebraska and Wisconsin set to tangle. Coach, did you like playing in snow? Not really. <laughs> I like warm weather. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I remember as a player, you know, when it was cold or snowing, you really, you know, once you get going, you don't you don't pay much attention to it. Your adrenaline starts, and and it's just like any other game. Well, going to be a bit cold and breezy. I don't know that there's any snow in the forecast Saturday, but it's a Big Ten November football. An interesting point for both of these programs, Coach. Of course, Coach Leonard, uh, the interim right now, and Mickey Joseph, the interim at Nebraska. As you look at both of these schools right now, what what are your observations here uh, with with the both uh, both programs both programs you love? Yeah, um, you know the thing that strikes me is I feel like both of the interim coaches have done a nice job that they've held their teams together. Uh, they have have their teams playing hard and and competing, and so you know that's what you always look at. And I think both both of those guys are put in a tough situation but have held the teams and the staffs together. You've had to, to jump into the mix as, as an interim. Uh, you took over for a Rose Bowl squad, uh, but clearly you had a lot of had coaching experience, right? I mean, uh, so I'm, I'm interested, why Why do you think, as from, with your athletic director hat on, why is it so hard for, him, for an interim guy to maybe win that job versus an outside hire? Um. That's, that's hard to say. I've seen interims that have been elevated. Um, you know, every situation's a little bit different. Uh, there's a change for certain issues. And, uh, you know, that athletic director that makes those decisions then in turn has to make sure that the next step he makes, those things would be rectified. Coach Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Barry, did, did... – Jim Leonard reach out to you during this process and ask your advice. I mean, with all your years being a head coach and your experience as an interim, did, did he reach out to you and ask for advice as he steps into this interim role and really auditions for a full-time role at Wisconsin? You know what? I, I called, I talked to Jimmy right after it happened and uh, told him that uh, we, we had a good conversation. I gave him some, some ideas and told him that, that I'm, you know, I'm always available, but we did have a very good talk. What was the advice you maybe shared with him? Well, <laughs> one of the things is, you know, take the team over. It's yours now. You take it over. You still continue to run the defense as, as you've had. But uh, you, you, man, you you got guys running the offense. You can't go over and you all of a sudden take over the offense and the defense. But, but in his case, uh, you can still – manage the game 
manage the game and, and, and have your coaches do what you want. And in game planning, know what uh, you have to do to win a game and, and give, give the offensive coaches directions. And, um, but, but as the game goes, you manage it. And, you know, I, I told him he knew how to win. He's a football coach and he's a foot, was a great player. He understands the game. Uh, just, you know, trust yourself. Last time we talked, uh, I think this was media days, coach. And uh, I asked you about Jim Leonard and, and you, uh, he's a guy you really enjoyed as a player, but you were pretty emphatic with he's ready to be a coach um, anytime. This was unforeseen with, with uh, Coach Chris moving on and, and Jim getting elevated. That said, uh, the defense hasn't missed a beat. Touch on some of the offensive struggles. It feels like Nebraska and Wisconsin right now are just having trouble scoring points. Yeah. Um, we've been, in, yeah, we've been inconsistent offensively. Um, you know, we've had a number of injuries in the line. So, and I think as I read Nebraska, I think they've had some of the similar issues We every week, you know, we went a number of weeks in a row without the same offensive line, you know, and some of my better teams, those guys started and played, you know, some of them played 30 some games, you know, straight, mm-hmm. you know, had continuity. And, uh, I think, I think that's one of the issues and, um, you know, and then we, we made mistakes. We've made mistakes in, in, in special teams that have killed us. You know, that happened last week. Special teams has been a, a bugaboo of ours for the last several years. Barry Alvarez, few minutes with us here. Hail Bar City Radio, Nebraska and Wisconsin Memorial Stadium kickoff 11 Saturday on ESPN. Coach, what do you think of the Nebraska job, uh, a place you love and, and you played so well at, and uh, the outside uh, hires certainly possible with Trev. Mickey's, and I agree with you, has done a great job of holding things together. But uh, it just it just seems like Nebraska can't kind of stick with where they're, they're going to go in that upward trajectory. It's been a constant cycle. You know what I think, and I, I tell people this, I feel I, I hear some of the national pundits and, and, and national media talking about Nebraska and, and why you can't win here, and it's not the same. And I, I don't buy that. I think Nebraska is one of the great jobs. I think your faci- the facilities there are, are some of the better facilities that compared to anyone in the country. And I know you, you have the new football facility coming there. So <clears throat> they won't take a backseat to anyone as far as facilities. You certainly, everyone knows about the support they have from from their fans and, and, and the state and alums. Um, so to me, it's a wonderful job. They've always been able to go nation, nationwide to recruit. Um, there are some good players in Nebraska. You, you know, you get a handful of them, but you, you know, there's a way to get it done. And there's a, there's a blueprint for success there. And I stole a lot of those ideas when I came to Wisconsin because there's one division one school in the state. And, you know, we were able to do the same things they did as far as a walk-on program and being a developmental type team. You know, you can go out and recruit some great players. But uh, Nebraska, I think, over the years, you know, had a, had a handful of great players. But there were a lot of guys that developed uh, as they were on campus, and that's the same thing here. But I think it's a, it's a great job and a trem- tremendous opportunity for someone. 
Barry Alvarez with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Barry, you, you mentioned the blueprint for this rebuild, and that's something we've talked about over the past couple weeks here on this show. And after this past weekend, a lot of Husker fans think, well, Michigan is a great blueprint for Nebraska's rebuild. They're strong on the lines of scrimmage. They run the ball with success, and they just really play Big Ten football. If you were either athletic director at Nebraska or coach at Nebraska, who would you model your Nebraska rebuild after? <laughs> I, have, I have a plan. You know, so I'd modeled after my plan. <laughs> Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too gimpy. I can't. I can't coach. <laughs> well, thought, thought we'd ask on behalf. Uh, <laughs> Mary Alvarez with us, Coach. Uh, let's talk about that development, and and you've touched on the walk-on program, where you find guys that that turn into starters. But what's, and I know it's kind of, it just depends on the player, but overall, what's, what's a fair timeline to, to be able to develop a line of scrimmage offensively and defensively? It used to be not a problem for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The, the, the thing that I always look at, whether I'm evaluating a coach or if I was a head coach evaluating assistants, and position coaches, I always want to see improvement. I want to see, I want to know that that a coach has his players, whether they follow him. Uh, you know, when you have adversity, do, do they stick with him or do they fragment and, and the team fall apart? Um, I want to know, you know, and I'm, I know Trev, Trev has this in mind. You, you got to know the plan that someone has, uh, and it has to be a sound plan, and it has to be a plan that fits Nebraska and one that fits our place. You know, what kind of kids can you recruit uh, in these places? You know, who do you have access to? And and how do you develop your offense and defense accordingly and then be able to compete in our league? And, and I can remember when Penn State came in the league, we played them. We had a heck of a game with them. And I had, you know, one of my typical lines, all five of them went on and played in the NFL, you know, and we were, we were running the ball probably 80% of the time. It was a physical game. I was a. I think they were a top ten team. They beat us, oh, 31, something like that. It was a tough game, but Joe Paterno called me the next week and he he told me that they were going to change how they recruited after our game. That they couldn't practice until probably Thursday. They were so beat up, mm. and and particularly on the defensive line. And you know that's that's the type of team that I built. You know, because I came into the league when you had to beat Michigan and Ohio State. That's that way now. So to, how do you beat them? The only way I could beat them with the type of players I could recruit is to go get big linemen and be more physical or at least as physical as, as they are. Be able to run the ball so you can shorten the game if you have to, play action and that type of thing. I think, you know, for our situation, that's the type of that's the type of plan that you have to have. Just very similar to what Brett's doing at Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the same thing we we did here in Nebraska. You know, back when when Tom was you know built you know Devaney and Tom, Tom Devaney's was more power power football. Tom uh, incorporated the option more. Uh, but uh, you're going to win this league. You better be physical. You better be able to run the ball, and you better be able to play good defense. Very quickly here before we get you out, 
I want to talk about your time ex- uh, recruiting high school offensive linemen. Were there any qualities that you looked for that you thought translated well and were good indicators that, you know what, this guy's going to be a good Big Ten offensive lineman? Well, <clears throat> you need guys that like football to start with. That was the first thing I told my guys the first time we went out recruiting my first staff. Find guys that like football. Find guys that are physical. Um, and find guys that are tough. Um, and you know, for offensive linemen, you need guys that can bend. You need guys that, that have some a punch, um, you know, that can get their hips through. And, and you can see all those things in a summer camp. You know, we get some really big kids here. And, well, if I saw that they can bend and, and they, they, they had a snap in their hips and they could move their feet a little bit, um, then we're going to recruit them. They may not have been highly recruited. And then there, there's just, the, you know, there's a way to take a look at, potential growth you know look at parents look at uh, look at the wrist size look at you know look at uh, from the knee to the to the ankle that how, how long their shin is uh do, do they you know do they have in in our situation what nebraska is too you have a lot of scandinavian people you know that are the blonde hair blue eyes as lou used to say blonde hair blue ears in this part <laughs> but um you know they're late bloomers you know, they, they mature later and you get them on a good weight program. And that's what I remember about Nebraska. And that's what we did here. You bring a guy in, it's six, five and, you know, big boned and, and put him on a good strength program and a good um, nutrition program. And four years later, you know, he's a 310, 315 pounder that can move around strong and they can hold up and you can get a bunch of them. Coach, uh, a thought with uh, the portal, NIL, and the topic of tampering. Is there any way to stamp out or at least be more proactive to keep tampering yeah. from happening? Yeah, you know what? I, I think I think a lot of that is going to – I read an article today that you know kind of indicated they felt – a lot of people feel like NIL is going to level off. You know, the people are throwing money around. And, and sometimes they don't get their value out of that money they're throwing around because you know how it is. You get a five-star that plays like a one-star, you know. Just because they have a lot of stars doesn't mean they're going to be a great player. Uh, I, I think that that could level out. But there are rules involved as, as far as uh, using NIL for recruitment. The NC2A or whoever, mm-hmm. we need to have somebody in place that that observes those rules. And, and enforces those rules. They're, they are in place. No one enforces them and, and enforces tampering. If someone's tampering with someone's current athlete, they need to be punished. Uh, I, I think the transfer portal, I think that'll take care of itself. I think you have to adapt. Uh, quite frankly, I, you know, when I told my coaches, you recruited the players, you, you know the family, you know how they were treated, were they pampered, were there kids that want to work? And then it's it's up to the coach to build a relationship that that player wants to play for him, and if if he wants to leave, that's on the coach. But you know, like I, I told our guys, we have a great place here. We we should be able, to, you know, they should want to stay. Here. I used to have to run, you know, you couldn't run them out with a cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep those guys, and you should be able to, you know, if you have holes, now you have access to go find them, and you have a lot of people who want to go to school and play here. 
few more minutes. Barry Alvarez, a longtime head coach and AD at Wisconsin with us here on Ale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes with Coach Alvarez. Get his take coming up here on uh, Lance Leopold. We'll also have more from Mickey Joseph on some of those topics Coach is hitting on here. Depth being very, very key for Nebraska, and you're seeing uh, not much depth. And uh, how do you develop some of that depth and the rebuild question that Mickey had to wrestle with today, but a really good showing by Mickey at his po- at his presser with uh, just his understanding. Uh, really impressive uh, with just the recruiting aspect. And more from Coach Alvarez. Get his take on uh, the world of college football, Big Ten expansion, uh, his former pupil, Lance Leipold. Hail Varsity continues more with Barry Alvarez. We're presented by Currency. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes, Hail Varsity Radio continues. Barry Alvarez joining us. Coach, a thought on, on Lance Leipold, what he's done down at Kansas. And I know he's a, a guy that's a Wisconsinite, but, but did uh, some work with you, obviously. Yeah. I know Lance well. He worked with us, worked over there with Frank. It was UNO. Um, he's got a couple of my guys on his staff. I think he's done a tremendous job there. You know, Kansas hadn't, hadn't won a whole lot since back in the 60s, I think. No, they had one good year with Mangino. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they haven't been very good. He goes in, the ter- program was terrible. And within a couple years, you know, they're competing for ch- a championship. They're they're really creative on offense, um, very sound on defense. I, I really am impressed with the job that he's done. Is Kansas, in your opinion, a spot that a guy could stay for a while? I mean, there's so much money for coaches now uh, with with contracts. And I know the Big 12 is a little different than the Big 10. But is, is KU a place that a guy could, could be really happy at for a long time? Yeah, and basketball. That's where I was going. <laughs> Football school versus basketball school. <laughs> well, you answered that one. <laughs> Barry Alvarez, last thought, and I promise we'll let you get back to it. Uh, Big Ten expansion, U- USC and UCLA coming in. What do you think the direction may be? Is it pods? Is it just no divisions? What What's most advantageous for the league? I think the most advantageous thing is is uh, no divisions. It gives you flexibility um, <clears throat> within the league. You know, I know the guys that are in the East aren't crazy about playing Ohio State, Michigan every year. Mm-hmm. And then the crossovers can be unfair also. And so I, I think uh, uh, you could have some parity. You have flexibility to get parity uh, with, with no divisions. Fair to shoot for three teams a year in the playoff if you're the Big Ten. Well, if, if you go to, when you go to twelve, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, I, that's what I was thinking. Yes, I, I think I think we have two teams capable this year, and I think uh, you know we have at least one more school in Penn State that that's capable of being the New Year's should be a New Year's six uh, school, mm-hmm. New Year's six get being a New Year's six game. Um, that'd be good representation, and you know, at Illinois let let one get away last week. They had a they had things set up to to be a New Year's Six team too. Barry Alvarez with us, Coach. Best to you. Uh, always appreciate the time. 
Always, always fun visiting with you guys. Have a great day. Barry Alvarez joining us. Good to spend time with Coach, and uh, we'll have that on the podcast for you. Of course, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and the Hale Varsity uh, YouTube channel where you can watch the show as well. And uh, get your comments on the Hale Varsity YouTube page, too. Uh, I saw a couple last night talking about, or really over the past week, talking about Urban Meyer, and that's one name that we haven't gotten to recently spinning the wheel, maybe later this week. <laughs> well, that's what it's – you've come back to – some names, right? Lance was out there. Back to Lance. Is rule in? Is rule out? What about X, Y, and Z? And Mickey, listen, I don't think he was jockeying today, but what he said in his presser, if I'm in charge of this thing, I'm looking at it. I mean, and I've, I've been observing more up close, clearly because I'm in the AD's chair, right? But what he said today is is not just like, I believe what he says. It's not lip service about what type of offense and defense. He he believes it. And and you've got what you got right now. But I, I totally think Mickey knows how about fixing. Well, it just speaks to the... The, the difference between Scott Frost coming in saying the Big Ten's going to have to adjust to us to what Mickey is now saying as interim head coach, saying there's a very tried and true way to win this in the Big Ten. Seven games in, bro, and it's ice, it's ice up time. Yep. Right? And you heard Barry talk about it. But check out the, the podcast and, and the whole show or the individual segments, whatever you want to do. Mitch Sherman was fabulous with the latest on the coaching search and, and who's, who's gettable and who's maybe thinking about it, and it looks like rules in that. Maybe I'm, I'm going to think about it. Maybe I'm going to do some TV, right? I mean, that's where you're at. And then there's Leopold. We asked Barry, listen, is KU a spot you just stay and be happy? Barry's like, yeah, dude, if it's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same thing we've been hearing about Stoops in Kentucky. Right, and, and there's – that's another name that's on the wheel that we haven't talked about it in a is, while. It is. It and, is. And who knows if you get back to him. And I like what Mitch said, though, about Mickey and Leopold uh, maybe being able to work w- with one another. And I think that's super important. But the topic of rebuild, because you are here yet again with Nebraska football. Mickey was asked about that today. A more competitive roster, you know, and understand what you need to do in this conference on the offense side of the ball and the defense side of the ball. And then special teams, it's a, it's a different makeup with, with the conference. So you got to understand that. Then you also got to understand where you're at. You know, you got to understand that you don't sit, you don't sit in the middle of Texas, the middle of Louisiana, middle of Georgia, that you got to be able to go down there and convince those kids to come up here. So you just got to understand that recruit is going to be a big part. Whoever sits in that chair, recruit is going to be a big part, and you got to want to work because it's, 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 it's not like working with, when you're at Georgia because they're right there. You got to work here. I mean, you got to work. Whoever takes this job, they better be ready to work. It's it's a it's a warning, and it's it's unsolicited advice. It's just Mickey being real, and hey, take that and run with it. If you still want to consider me as your head coach, that's fabulous from Mickey. He totally gets it. He gets the the effort it's going to take. And I don't know if it's along the lines of, you know, uh, a, a, a shot or it may be 
you're reading into it as a shot towards some folks that used to be here. Well, because there's been a few of those in the press conferences too. Well, look at the difference. I, I just spoke about that of of coming in as a head coach and what your expectations are. But look at the difference in recruiting from three years ago. Three years ago, we were talking about man, Nebraska's got more offers out to high schoolers than any other program in the country. It was just this blanket, well, we want to see if you're interested, let's send you an offer. That, that was a talking point three years ago, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that's not put away. It's the difference between throwing an offer out to anyone and everyone as to going and actually working and saying, you know what, we're not going to just go pick out the six, seven guys from California that we think are good. We're going to go in there and find draft picks. We're going to find guys that are future NFL guys, and we're going to know we need to work for those guys. There's a big difference just in not only – your philosophy coming in from a, a coaching perspective, what kind of scheme you're going to run, but a, a big difference in, in recruiting philosophy as well between the previous staff and what Mickey has done just through seven games here. Well, it's, it's evaluation. Do, you, do yeah. you know how to evaluate? Do you trust your evaluation? Are you right with it? And if you're not, can you fix it? Can you fix it with walk-ons? Really good walk-ons like Jano and Fulte and Riley. I mean, you can go down the list. Uh, I am here. I mean, there's, there's a thought, Jared Tomich. There's guys that turn into be... Makovic is incredible players that you were lucky to have. And for a long time, it was, yeah, dude, I want to come play for Nebraska. Now I've got better and different offers and teams that win more uh, just down the road. Uh, but Mickey's trying to get that flipped around. So depth, uh, a topic of discussion. Do we need to get to the phones real quick? We can. Okay. Who's with us? Yeah, Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Great show again. Um, I just, but I don't understand how. Husker media folks don't understand that if, me, if Mickey's not named the head coach, he cannot be on staff. He's the former head coach uh, who was vying for the permanent position, who's got the loyalty of the players, and it's just an untenable position for a new head coach coming in to have that in place. Well, on, on, the, on the flip one, side, Chris, let me just should tell. We always lose recruits when you switch. Uh, you know, we're going to lose recruits. We so, so are, are you of the opinion, Chris, are you of the opinion that if it isn't Mickey, he's gone, period? Yes. See, yes. And, and that's and the only way you can work it. I, here's he wouldn't the, take the job. Here's, let, just let me jump in on my own show for a second. <laughs> yes, no, no problem. And that's sound thought by you, but you have comments saying otherwise from Mickey today to the World Herald. He was interviewed after the media session and is like, look, we'll, we'll talk about it, but it's not like I couldn't stay here. That's from Mickey for his conversation with Tom Chattel. And I'll add to that point as well and say from a, a new coach who could come in from their perspective, you got a great recruiter. Mickey You're not going to want to lose him and you make sure he stays. And I think a good experienced head coach does not feel threatened by the former head coach who is here, has won over the team and is, is a great medium between you and the team. You're going to use that to your advantage. You're going to say, you know what, this guy already has great relationships with the players. And if I can build a great relationship with this guy, de facto, then I'm going to start building great relationships with the players because I got a guy they all like. And if that guy's on my side, now that this is an advantageous place for me to be. And that's, that's what an experienced head coach would do. It's up to the guy himself in Mickey, whether he can handle not being the head man, but part of the solution. Yes. I just don't, you know, if you lose two, two out of the first three, three out of the first four games. And all of a sudden you've got, Half your team going, yeah, you know that's why we should have hired the other guy, you know. Well, and then, got then you got it. Then you got to then you got to lead and and make sure that the players know ever, I'm the boss. Have you ever seen a, 
uh, a situation where the former head coach who wanted to still be the head coach was kept on staff Luke the new Fickle. head coach. Luke Fickle. Well, when did he stay on staff as the coordinator? Yeah, he was brought. When, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you know, he was, okay, he was well, shit, shit. Oh, well, but that, see that that kind of that's my point as well. Is that yeah? <laughs> I was going to say if you bring in Urban Meyer, then it doesn't matter because he is strong. If you bring in the guy from Kansas or you, whatever, do you ever not, do you ever consider you know, working for a guy like Urban? I mean, think about that. That's one reason to take off. But Fickle well, stayed yeah, on. If you want to get a, if you F- want to get another head coaching job, Fickle <laughs> yeah. Fickle stayed on and and then did his own thing. Finally, left for Cincinnati. So that's how it shook out. Thanks for the phone call. Hey, thanks. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Uh, hang on the line. Travis Vokalek sat down with us. And uh, how long is Travis? Oh, it is a little over seven minutes. Okay. Let's uh, maybe take the phone call and then go to Vocalec. Sounds good. We can do that. If you're on the hold, uh, stay there. We'll get to more of your calls. We'll get to more of Mickey. It, it's not ideal. It's not normal if you're passed over for a position to stay. But it's not a normal situation where you're back at your alma mater. That's a difference. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, are you comfortable doing what you're doing? Do you like what you're doing? Are you good at what you're doing? Are you happy? And are you getting paid a boatload of money <laughs> to, to to be a position you've been a lot of your career? Hail Vaughn City continues presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy few minutes here, Travis Vokalik with us, and you liked it so much, you're back. It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, always a good time. So, it's uh, senior day. Uh, what are your emotions? Uh, a lot of mixed emotions. Um, you know, it's crazy. Uh, being a six-year guy, I thought this time would never come, uh, being in college this long, but it's here. Um, been a lot of good times. Um, you know, ma- made a lot of good relationships, uh, and and just you know it's 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 kind of weird but um you know time happens and uh you know we got a big game this week and that's that's really the main focus is uh trying to win this game um other than it being senior day what is it about wisconsin they've been special (laughs) for a long time defensively and and how do they how do they get after the run game and then also what do they do 
uh, when it comes to coverage uh, with with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they're, they're a great team. Um, they've got you know one of the top defenses. It seems like almost every year. Um, so you know it's it's a big challenge for us. Um, but you know we're ready for the challenge, and um, you know they they've got some great great guys and uh, the guys up front, and then their back and their back end as well. Um, got got a couple. Couple new guys, um, you know, they had, you know, last year they had four or five guys that all played together. Um, those guys moved on, but um, you know, they, they they're pretty uh, pretty fundamentally sound on the back end as well. So we're have to find the holes in the defense, um, you know, and, and really attack them uh, for success this week. Twenty-four hour rule, win or lose, and what did you learn from Michigan? Yeah, you know, um, we all felt like you know we didn't we didn't play to the best of our ability, um, which is unfortunate. But you know, like like what you said, twenty four hour rule. Watch the film. Um, you know, we we uh, you know weren't very successful in multiple multiple parts in our game in the tight end room specifically. Um, you know, um, but learn from it, move on. Another opportunity this week. Um, you know, we got two left. Um, you know, one right in front of us is going to be a great challenge. And, uh, you know, guys are super excited. Had a great practice this morning. Uh, the energy's there. Um, guys are excited for another opportunity. <clears throat> How's the quarterback room look? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, they're, they're banged up. Even our quarterback coach got banged up. Um, so, you know, it's they're they're uh, they'll be fine. Um, I'm sure, you know, whoever whoever ends up playing this week will will uh, will try and get us a get us a W. Travis Vokalek with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Where were you? Were you on the field or were you on the sideline with uh, with what happened to Whip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right on the sideline. I was actually, you know, close to right right next to him. Um, you know, a couple couple yards down on the sideline, and I didn't initially know who went down, and then saw it was Coach Whip, and you know, that's never a good good situation when you know one of our players or coaches gets hurt. So, um, you know, it, it was kind of scary, um, but you know, Coach Coach Whip's a great great man, and um, I, I think he's going to be all right. So that's good. He refused to go seek further medical treatment and he went up in the booth that is kind of par for the course with him mm-hmm. yeah he, you know he's a tough tough son of a gun um you know he, he's really tough and i think guys respect him for that um and you know that just that just tells you who he is you know he, he loves football loves the game loves everything about it and you know when he gets hit and taken down he's gonna step right back up you know fall seven times get back eight so um you know he, he's a tough man Let's talk about the Big Ten defenses, Travis. We'll get you out of here. And just week after week, you're going up against highly rated defenses. Conversely, Nebraska's defenses played pretty well. But there's always that thought about complementary football. What what do you believe is holding the offense back? Ooh, um, you know, it's we got to execute. Um, you know, we say that week after week. Um, you know, the coaches and they they put together a great game plan the whole week they put us in positions to go out and make plays and it's on us as players to go out and make those plays and execute those plays so um you know i think that's something you know we've said week after week unfortunately um is just we got to execute better and you know that comes from i'm a firm believer and you know you practice how you play that comes from practice you know the fundamentally sound details to every single thing footwork striking driving running routes all that type of stuff the timing with the quarterback um where the line or where the the running back should line up every time it's just it's the little details that are going to lead to execution so i think that's something that um you know we've tried to tried to really emphasize the past couple weeks and tried to really work on um in practice every every day how's the offense's confidence 
Yeah, you know, we've got a very confident group. Um, you know, even with, you know, not having as much success as we we obviously have wanted, um, you know, we know we have ballers on this team. We know we have guys who can make plays um, in the receiver room, running back room, quarterback room, tight end room, our line um, on both sides of the ball. So um, I think the, the offense is confident. You know, we, we just got to, you know, going back to the last question, we got to execute better, and that, that starts in practice every day. Have you handled the noise, and how many people texted you about uh, what's going on in Nebraska? Yeah, you know, it's everywhere. Um, you know, you get on social media, and that's all you see. Um, you know, it's it's just different in Nebraska. You know, the people care. Um, you know, you're always going to hear um, stuff about, you know, the coaches, the team, uh, certain guys on the teams, um, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I know – I block it out. I know guys on the team all really try to block it out. So I think the best thing that we can do is probably stay on social media um, when it comes to you know all the different voices and all the different opinions that you know all these all these fans have. But um, you know, as always, you know we we love all the support from our fans. But um, you know, it's just best for us players to block out all that noise and really focus on the next uh, next two weeks. What's Mickey brought to the party? Yeah, you know, I love Coach Mick. Um, great, great man. Um, he's a player's coach. Loves his players. He's going to be honest with you. You know, even in in the uh, in the tough times where you don't want to hear um, what he's going to say, he's going to be honest with you because that's what's best. Um, so, you know, he's he'll get on you hard, um, and then, you know, he'll he'll pat you on the butt and your rear end whenever you're doing things well. So um, very, very, very great coach. Um, you know, the players love him. The, the players love playing for him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really love Coach Mick. What's one example of him correcting you and it really hitting home? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just, just today um, in practice, there's multiple examples. You know, there's guys that we do, you know, routes on air and guys, you know, will drop a ball or whatever, um, which happens to all of us. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll yell at you and scream at you and then he'll love up on you after um, just, you know, because he, he wants to succeed and he wants he loves his players and he wants his pro- program to be successful. So he, he truly cares. Um, but, yeah, that's just that's one example. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a great dude. Is he funny or is it kind of biting? You know, it's, he can get on, he can get on your rear end, but um, you know, he's he's a good, great coach, and uh, you know, he can be funny sometimes. And um, you know, I, I really love Coach Mick. Travis, best to you. Have a good senior day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Six years and uh, Vokalek, man, uh, what a year he's had, and he's healthy and uh, needs the football. I'm saying that he's not saying that he's a team guy, but really good. When it comes to his execution, blocking is a weapon, is a safety valve, some super comfort there with him and Casey. And go back to the Illinois play, right, where he's able to get down the sideline. And that's Nebraska's last offensive touchdown. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. No, that's not right. That's not Minnesota. Oops, excuse the, me. The one in the opening drive against Minnesota. Yeah. Chubba got in. Yeah, My the fault. one. Sorry, one. One since... So two, though. Two total touchdowns since the start of that Illinois game, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Two touchdowns in three games, that's. Some field goals. Bleak Road's been money. Good punting. Punting's been pretty good. Defense has been fine. But, yeah, some more thoughts from Mickey as we wind down a Tuesday. Good stuff today. Get the podcast, tell a buddy, and give us a rating. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio back to finish out. 
miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Red Zone Tickets, tell you about uh, a spot to check out. Are you looking to buy or sell tickets? Do you want to go see some Husker hoops this year? How about NFL action and Husker football? Uh, Red Zone Tickets has been good to Husker football fans for a lot of years, selling fun since 2001. How about concerts? How about the College World Series? But uh, you can look at Red Zone Tickets today, redzonetickets.com. They are local. They are proud in Omaha, and they should be an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, 100% guarantee on all your orders, and you can cross off that item on your bucket list. Create the memories that do last a lifetime. Do you remember when you last beat Wisconsin? 2012, the ugly uniform game. RedZoneTickets.com. Log on today, RedZoneTickets.com. More from Mickey Joseph on Wisconsin. You know, I said it, real good defense. And they like to run the football. It's no secret. And, you know, they hadn't changed much. You know, they, they, play, they, they play hard. They, they don't do a lot. But what they do, they do well, and they, they don't make mistakes. Now, other than that, <laughs> there's this dinged-up running back that's a beast named Braylon. Oh, yeah. You see how big he is? He's a big old dude. <laughs> he's about 6'2", 235. You know? He's a, he's, a, he's a really, really good running back. He's probably one of the best running backs we've seen this year. I mean, we've been seeing the really good backs in the country, and the Big Ten has them. But this kid, this kid's special. You know, and somebody told me he was 18 years old. I mean, to be that big and be 18, that's special. But he's a really good back. Fantastic back. And what the uh, line, what the, was that line in A Few Good Men? Uh, hits keep on coming. I was just going to say, yeah, Brown. you can't handle the truth, but that's the one I know. <laughs> Brown, Moe. Who was last week? Oh, Blake. Yeah. And now you get Braylon. And if he stays healthy, could be a Heisman guy, assuming they get back to double-digit wins at some point. Last thought, what do we got? We got Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Mick, Mick, Mickey, Mickey taught him everything. I talked to him um, a week ago because he was going up for jump balls, but he was going up with his chest. And I said, just fight through with your hands and try to get your hands on the ball. But, you know, I did drills at LSU, helped him do that. No joking. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> You're not going to lie about that. Uh, Mickey also touched on the, the job update. Let's give you he told you what he talked to Tom Chattel about. Here's Mickey from earlier in the presser. You know, I've been having fun, you know, getting it done, you know, because I'm coming in every day to, to get a job done. I haven't, haven't gotten the results that we wanted. But it's, it, it's a great feeling being around these kids and being around these coaches. They, they're top-notch people. They, they you know, they, not one person in that building, this building has given up. Everybody comes in and fight. Y'all see them. They fight until the end. You know, you, know, you, you could be in a situation right now where they could have gave up six weeks ago but they didn't you know so i'm having fun i'm good i mean don't worry about mickey mickey's gonna be okay but, but nobody said hey, just talk about this after the season no no i don't they don't, i don't think it works like that i think when they want to if they want to interview you after the season they'll let you know or they'll tell you that a head coach coming in i'm prepared for whatever 
professional, man, straight up. Brad Edwards, College Football Insider. Tomorrow, Evan Bland, Mike Babcock. Talk to you Wednesday with Hale Varsity presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.